On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, we key up the massive matchup between the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers. All that and much more in today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to start off with a little preview of the game between the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers as the Oilers have some lineup news and they're pretty interesting lineup changes. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. We'll talk about that in a second. But also on today's episode, the three keys to victory for the Oilers over the New York Rangers. As this is a big game for the Oilers trying to get their feet back under them. Two straight losses in overtime or a shootout for the Oilers. So they need to get winning points. How can they do that against the Rangers? We'll talk about that and we'll wrap up with the the Edmonton Oilers prospect report. Now, some unfortunate news coming out of the WHL for the Edmonton Oilers and one of their prospects. We will talk about that and what may be going on around one of their players. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And where we are going to get started is with the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers. A quick little preview of the game for the Oilers as we look at the lineup for the Oilers is Kyler Yamamoto has been activated for the Edmonton Oilers, but that also means that they have to finagle some cap space somehow and the Edmonton Oilers did so. We will take a look at the lineup first, and then we will tell you how the Oilers got to this point. Right now, the Edmonton Oilers lineup looks like this. At least we can conceive this is what the Oilers lineup will look like. No practice for the Oilers today, so... We will know lines closer to puck drop. This is our projected lineup for the Oilers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the top line with Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Evander Kane on the second line with Leon Dreisaitl. And Kyler Yamamoto slots in as the second line right winger. Matthias Janmark on the third line with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. Gleam Costin on the fourth line with Derek Ryan and Yessa Puliarvi, who at times were arguably or was arguably the Oilers' best line in that game against the Red Wings. On defense, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, Brett Kulak alongside Tyson Berry, and Philip Broberg alongside Evan Bouchard. Now, we did not get a goaltending update for the Edmonton Oilers, but we can probably assume it'll be Jack Campbell in the net for the Oilers in this one. He took on probably his best game of the season against the Rangers earlier this year. And then Stuart Skinner had one of his best games of the year against the Colorado Avalanche, who happens to be the Edmonton Oilers' next opponent. So probably seeing something there. We will know during warm-ups. Now, 
You probably can see two very notable names not in that lineup for the Edmonton Oilers, and that is Dylan Holloway and Vincent DeHarnay. Vinny DeHarnay and Dylan Holloway have been loaned, and I put in air quotes because uh, it, this is merely a paper transaction, I am sure, uh, but they have been loaned to Bakersfield in order to activate Tyler Yamamoto. Why? 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 What is the point in doing so? Why are you taking out two players who have been playing very good hockey recently and Vinny DeHarnay arguably more valuable to this team than most of the defensemen on the Oilers right now? To put in Kyler Yamamoto for his first game in what, 12 games? Against a very good opponent in the New York Rangers who just acquired Vladimir Tarasenko? I mean, we're going to go over their lines in just a second, and it is a very, very deadly team. And the Edmonton Oilers are going into it willingly without one of, if not their best shutdown defensemen in Vinny DeHarnay. Their most difficult defenseman to play against in Vinny DeHarnay. And Dylan Holloway has been playing very well outside of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. There have been some plays that Dylan Holloway makes that you sit there and go, wow, that is a high IQ play or a very, very good hockey play. And he's been playing better defensively. He's been playing well in his own end. He's been getting great opportunities. And now you're bringing in a guy who I assume has been relatively at 100%. But there's the question marks around it. I know he's a top six talent on this team. But when the Edmonton Oilers have been playing the hockey they have been with the lineup they have, why? Especially with the fact that when you go 12-6, the Oilers lost. And then the Edmonton Oilers' uh, defense and penalty kill were outplayed by the Detroit Red Wings forward and uh, power play units without Vinny DeHarnay in the lineup. I don't get it. I, I, I genuinely don't get it. I understand you got to do something, but that's not... I, I don't want to project a loss for the Oilers at all because obviously anything can happen, but I just, I don't like the way this is looking for the Oilers. With that being said, let's look at the flip side for the New York Rangers heading into this one. Chris Kreider on the top line alongside Mika Zibanejad and oh yeah, that guy named Vladimir Tarasenko. Their second line are Temi Panarin, Vincent Trocek, and Jimmy Vesey. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere is on the third line. Yes, former first overall pick Lafreniere on the third line with Philip Heedle and Capo Caco who has been actually that line has quietly been been very good for the Rangers over the last couple of games. Philip Heedle, I think, is not getting the attention that he truly does deserve right now. He has been just scoring at an absolute clip. So watch for Philip Heedle and that line in general with Kako and Lafreniere tonight. And Barkley Goudreau on the fourth line alongside Jake Lachishan and Julian Gauthier for the Rangers. They make up the fourth line. On defense, Ryan Lindgren alongside Adam Fox. Uh, by the way, 
Lindgren, also one of those very underrated defensemen, I find. Keandre Miller, who's having a coming out year over in New York as well, alongside Jacob Truba. That is a punishing defensive pairing for the Rangers. And on the third pairing, Nico Mikola, who also came over in that uh, Tarasenko deal alongside Schneider on that pairing. And Igor Shesterkin was the first goaltender off the ice for the Rangers at practice, so he will be getting the start. Now, the Edmonton Oilers enter this game 30-19-6, and looking for that 31st win. The Edmonton Oilers are 9-1-3 and in their last 12, where the New York Rangers enter this game 32-14-8 with 72 points on the season. They are sitting third in their division now the uh there are a couple of night and day things coming into this one between these two teams one of them being the power play and the penalty kill between between the two teams the Oilers obviously with the best power play in the league sitting at 31.1 percent and the Rangers sitting 13th in the league with 22.6 now the penalty kill however we all know the Edmonton Oilers struggles, especially as of late, looking at the Montreal Canadiens game and the Detroit Red Wings game. The Edmonton Oilers sit 27th in the league with their penalty kill, where the Rangers sit 10th on their PK with an 80.9. The Edmonton Oilers might not be in a very good spot when it comes to special teams in this one. They may get overpowered, but we shall see. The Edmonton Oilers don't have Dayarnay. Don't have a great chance or haven't had a great output, at least recently on the uh, back end and, and especially with the penalty kill. So that might be an issue for the Oilers. The other thing as well is the goals for and the goals against per game between these two teams. The Edmonton Oilers sit first when it comes to goals for uh, per game, and they are uh, sitting at a 3.73 clip. Excuse me. The New York Rangers. Very good. Top third in the league with a 3.37. But the goals against is where it kind of goes against the Oilers here. The Rangers sit fifth at a 2.65. And the Oilers, 21st in the league with a 3.22. So... Great defense for the Rangers, not so much for the Oilers. And the Edmonton Oilers decided to take out one of their best defensemen, as of late at least, in Vincent DeHarnay. That all leads to me to believe it might not be a great game for the Oilers. Either way, how can the Oilers make it a great game for the Oilers? Well, we have the three keys to victories for the Oilers in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try Built Bar. Listen, I know we're just getting through the holidays. We just got past January, which is when you really commit to your New Year's resolutions. And mine was to eat a little healthier. Yes, I got a little tummy on me in case you didn't know. And I wanted to do so without sacrificing taste because we all know that's the best part of eating. And that is exactly what we get with Built, and you gotta try Built. Healthy is actually tasty with Built. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you and perfect for your New Year's resolution. So what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, it's probably the fact that they use 100% 
real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate. And they come in a whole bunch of unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. You can go on and on about the delicious flavors that they have. And it, it, you just couldn't stop. It, it, they are so so good. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste exactly like candy bars, all while maintaining amazing macros. And whatever it is they do to stay healthy, that is exactly what they do. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein, all with a Built Bar. Head to Built.com right now to get your next box of Built Bars. You can thank me later. Alrighty, let's move on to the three keys to victory for the Edmonton Oilers over the New York Rangers tonight. The first one being convert on momentum opportunities. The Edmonton Oilers against the New York Rangers or against the Detroit Red Wings, excuse me, were unable to convert on the momentum opportunities. They tied the game up in the third period. They had all the momentum in the world. And they couldn't tie in third period. Then you get to overtime. You get Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl out there. And you go, okay, this game's basically in the bag. Oh, okay, never mind. We're going to a shootout. You got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman. You, you got a whole bunch of town. Oh, Pew Suter just won the game for... The Red Wings and the Edmonton Oilers walk away with a loser point. The Edmonton Oilers go into Montreal, a game that they should have won. Go down three nothing. They have all the momentum in the world. Almost tie it up, and they give the puck away and lose the game big time. The Edmonton Oilers need to convert on their momentum chances or opportunities, especially, especially against a team like the New York Rangers, a really, really, really good hockey team. That is how you're going to beat these New York Rangers. Those are the only way, especially with the issues that you currently have around the team with losing DeHarnay and Holloway. The Edmonton Oilers need to convert on momentum opportunities. The next one being blocked shots. Blocking shots is the second key to victory for the Edmonton Oilers as the Oilers have been outblocked in basically nearly every game that they have played in. I did not go through the stats uh, to see how many, but just every time the Edmonton Oilers play, you take a look at the block shots and the Oilers are outblocked substantially. The Edmonton Oilers need to help their goalie as much as they can. Again, DeHarnay's not there. The the ability of taking away the guy in front of the net has significantly lowered for the Edmonton Oilers. So getting in front of as many shots the Edmonton Oilers can, whether it's from shots on the boards, shots from the point, shots in the slot, just getting in front of shots and making it difficult for the New York Rangers to get any rubber on the net will be massive, massive, massive victory for the Edmonton Oilers. And the third key to victory for the Oilers is defensive reliability. The Edmonton Oilers, again, don't have DeHarnay. That is a massive hole for them to have to shore up. And that's saying a lot. Like, you hear a lot of praise for DeHarnay in this episode for a guy who's played 13 games. But he has done something to this back end that nobody else has been able to for the Oilers. And we saw just how much the Oilers missed him against the Detroit 
Detroit Red Wings. Now you don't have them against the New York Rangers again in this game. A team that is very solid def- uh, offensively, excuse me, have great players in front of the net, especially that Chris Kreider guy. Don't know if you've ever heard of him. I know uh, Carey Price has heard of him. So the defensive reliability for the Oilers needs to be amped up. You need to take accountability for your guy. You need to communicate. You need to get in front of those shots. You need to end cycles. There are a lot of things the Edmonton Oilers need to do in their own end without DeHarnay in the lineup. That will be a big thing for the Oilers. So the three keys to victories for the Edmonton Oilers in this one against the New York Rangers. The first one, convert on momentum opportunities. The Edmonton Oilers had numerous chances to win that game against the Detroit Red Wings, including a late power play, and they were unable to do so. The Edmonton Oilers were given a power play in the second period against the Montreal Canadien to tie it up after going down 3-0 and they couldn't. They lost big time there. The Edmonton Oilers face a good team in the New York Rangers, and if they convert on their momentum, it will be a very hard game for the New York Rangers. The second thing is block shots for the Edmonton Oilers. Make it difficult for any New York Ranger to get a puck on net, and the Edmonton Oilers will make it... uh, basically will win this game. The Edmonton Oilers are able to block shots. Take a look at what Chris Russell did for the Oilers a couple years ago, and or over the last couple of years, and even Duncan Keith, the Oilers are missing out on him. And finally, the third key is defensive reliability. You don't have your best defensive defenseman in Vinny DeHarnay, and you can't just rely on Brett Kulak to do the work and Cody Ceci in the back end. You need to be accountable. You need to be communicative. And that is how the Edmonton Oilers will beat the New York Rangers tonight. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's conversation with a little look at the rookies, or at the prospects, I should say. We will take a look at them in just a second. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the Edmonton Oilers prospect report. And one Edmonton Oilers prospect has caught himself in some hot water. I've tried to find out a a little more around the situation, but everything seems rather hush-hush. So we'll talk about that in a second, but let's start off in Ontario with Matt Vay-Petrov. All the Edmonton Oilers prospects on the today's prospect report will be from the CHL. So starting off with the obvious one, Matt Vay-Petrov is continuing his hot streak this season. 51 games played for Petrov, 23 goals 53 assists, 76 points. He sits second in the OHL in assists and fourth when it comes to points. He's having a fantastic year. He's on pace for 100 points this year. 30 goals, 70 assists. I mean, this kid is just playing fantastic hockey. You're seeing the development of this kid right in front of your eyes. Three assists against Kingston, had a goal and an assist, so two points against Sarnia. This kid is a point producer. Now, a lot of praise for him right there. However... As I was going through just kind of some of the new stuff that that's going around Matvey Petrov, some of the extra stuff that people who are maybe more closer to the situation uh, have been saying, I saw some people saying that Matvey Petrov is increasing his trade stock. 
I think that's a little bit of a, a a symptom of being close to the trade deadline. Everyone's going, this guy's uh, available. This guy's available. This guy's available. I think the Edmonton Oilers really want to see how Petrov turns out, especially considering you never know what's going to happen after McDavid and Dreisaitl head out of here. If they do not up their contract, you always have to be ready for the future, whether it's a good future or a bad future, you always have to have that next skill guy or the next guy up mentality. And I think Matvey Petrov might be that for the Edmonton Oilers. So, I mean, we're seeing the great offensive development from, from him uh, right in front of our eyes. It, it's, it's really been very impressive to see and very impressive to see his numbers continue to go up. He is slated to have 10 more points than what he had last year. And I believe even less games. So uh, a great season for Petrov over in North Bay. I think I called them the Brampton Battalion earlier. I will never not call them Brampton. But his next day, next game, excuse me, comes tomorrow, February 18th, when they face off against the Barry Colts. Now let's come west here as we head to the WHL, starting off with Jake Chason, who got traded from the Brandon Wheat Kings to the Saskatoon Blades midway through the year. Now, this is an important stretch for Jake Chason as last year. He was a little limited in his playing time. He was coming off of an injury, only played about 20 games for the Wee Kings. Then he had a really, really good year to start the year with the Wee Kings, was traded to a contender in the Saskatoon Blades, and he's been playing top minutes. He's been playing on the top line with the Blades since his trade, and in 17 games with the Saskatoon Blades, four goals, nine assists, 13 points, so having a productive year with them or since joining them. But you're going to see the Blades go into the playoffs. It's going to be important to see his development through the playoffs, playing in more important games. Uh, he's a guy who you don't really know. There are some people who call him a project. I think he's a project. I'm excited to see how this project can turn out. I think he's going to end up in Bakersfield probably by next year, if not the year after. So uh, a very exciting player to to kind of keep an eye on to see what ends up happening for him. Now, over the last five games, however, it hasn't been a great output for him. Five games played, one assist, one point. However, on the year, 54 games played, 14 goals, 27 assists, 41 points. He has the second most points from all Edmonton Oilers prospects so far this year. So, I mean, there's there's always silver linings there. Let's move on to the most recent first-round pick for the Edmonton Oilers playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds. That is Reed Schaefer. Now, some interesting news-ish coming out uh, on Reed Schaefer today. However, let's start off with the numbers for Schaefer. 38 games played, 19 goals, 17 assists, 36 points. However, again, only one one assist for Schaefer over his last five games. There has been a lot of optimism, however, around his game. He's still been playing well, just the puck hasn't been going in. But I mentioned there's some news around him. Bob Stoffer said today on uh, Oilers Now, and he had Elliot Friedman on at that time when he said it. And Friedman agreed with him in just kind of an offhand type of situation. He's like, he went, yep, yep, exactly. 
Reed Schaefer, the Edmonton Oilers have apparently fielded calls on Reed Schaefer. Now, I saw a uh, Twitter page. I don't want to say who it was just because it has a similar name to another Twitter page who does really good uh, uh, reporting on the Oilers. And this one uh, has been corrected the last couple of days specifically. Um, But there is a report from them saying that the Edmonton Oilers have been shopping Schaefer around. That's not the case. They've just been fielding calls more likely other teams, or at least teams that the Edmonton Oilers are engaged in trade talks in going, ah, how about Schaefer? How about Schaefer? Are you willing to move Schaefer in these deals? So uh, the Edmonton Oilers aren't actively making calls and going, I'll add Schaefer in a deal. They're just in those trade conversations. They'll say, hey, how about this guy? And that's just more of where it is. But I find that interesting, more interesting than the Petroff news. Obviously, uh, uh, Schaefer is a first round pick for the Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers haven't moved a first round pick since Jordan. No, Jordan Eberle was after Magnus Payarvi. So uh, or before Magnus Payarvi, excuse me. So since 2009, essentially. Well, no, I guess Taylor Hall. Excuse me. Taylor Hall. Duh. Uh, So since Taylor Hall, the Edmonton Oilers haven't traded a first round pick. I don't think they're going to give up on a guy like Reed Schaefer this early, especially considering that they traded Zach Cassian and a second round pick for that deal technically. So I just, I, I think the Edmonton Oilers are pretty high on Schaefer and, and aren't willing to give up on him yet. But hey, I, I think he's more valuable right now than Petrov just due to his uh, uh, playing for Team Canada is top. He was drafted in the first round. There's basically becoming that first round equivalent. But uh, either way, let, let's let's call it there on Schaefer. His next game is actually tonight against the Tri-City Americans. And to wrap up on the final prospect here, Maximus Warner, as he is the one who has the, uh, the big news surrounding him, as he's been suspended indefinitely. Him and f- three other Moose Jaw Warriors have been suspended indefinitely from the Moose Jaw Warriors for breaking code of conduct rules, I believe it was exactly. And and Warner's been having a very good year. 44 games played, 8 goals, 22 assists, 30 points. Those are career highs in all of those in goals, assists, and points. But seeing him uh, get the suspension was tough to see. Now, this suspension came about a week ago for Warner and since then there hasn't really been anything reported on since so I thought I'd try and get my fingerprints on it try and see what's really been going on I tried to poke around some people that are kind of closer to uh, the situation and even then they were going "Mm, I don't know It, it, it everything's been very under wraps so very concerning to me uh especially considering all the things that has gone on in in hockey recently. So hopefully everything is okay. Hopefully this is nothing big. 
but we'll see. It's tough to see from a, a hockey perspective, considering Maximus Wanner was having a very solid year. I mean, considering he signed his entry level contract from being a seventh round pick, a lot of chatter of uh, him being a, a top prospect in the organization, him putting up fantastic numbers. But if you're going to make mistakes off the ice, then everybody knows the repercussions. But, of course, there's always two sides to stories. We'll never know until... Uh, this is all just pure speculation, so take this all with a grain of salt. Until we do actually know what is going on, field your opinions or, 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 or uh, uh, throw your opinions to the side. Wait until everything is out in the open. But either way, let's wrap it up there. The New York Rangers are in town tonight for a 7 o'clock puck drop. The Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers, a big-time game. The Oilers activating Kyler Yamamoto will be active in this game. And Dylan Holloway and Vinny DeHarnay will draw out. Yes, Apuliarvi still part of the Edmonton Oilers and will dress in this game tonight. We might expect, we don't know exactly, but we are expecting Jack Campbell to get the start tonight against Igor Shosturkin. But either way, we will have a full recap from tonight's game on Monday. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe. It is Ben Stelter. Uh, the 5050 uh, tonight goes to the Ben Stelter Fund. So make sure if you haven't already bought a ticket, make sure you go and buy a ticket. Last time I checked, it's over $3 million going to a great foundation. And you know how I feel about Ben. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay safe. And hopefully, even if the Oilers don't win tonight, you can play La Bamba, baby. Baby.